are listening to the Pro Wrestling Post podcast with Mark Madison. In this episode, Mark talks to Del Wilkes, perhaps best known as the Patriot. Go to www.prowrestlingpost.com for interviews, blogs, reviews, and upcoming events in your area. You can listen to our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Anchor, or whatever podcast app you prefer. And now, here is Mark and Dell. Discuss your early training under the late Vern Gagne and Fabulous Mula, and what did you find to be the similarities and differences between working with each? Well, I really had no choice in my early training with Mula. It was my only option. Uh, I live in Columbia, South Carolina. I've been here all my life. Uh, that's where Moolah was from. She's been here basically all her life. So from a school standpoint, it was my only option. And uh, while I learned some basics, um, I don't think that I've got a lot of a lot of valuable training there. I learned how to grab a headlock, how to work an arm, uh, how to take bumps. Outside of that, I didn't learn a whole lot because it was geared toward girls. Um, and uh, we had guys that were training us uh, that she just used back when they were still job guys, enhancement guys. She would occasionally send them up to do TV for events, and, of course, they'd go out and put somebody over, one of the stars over in a couple of minutes. So they were pretty limited in what they knew in psychology and things like that. They knew the basics of how to lock up and, and do those type of physical things. But from the psychological standpoint of it, they didn't know that because, uh, you know, they'd never been taught that. But it still was was a, a valuable learning ground for me. Uh, it did get me in front of small crowds around the Midlands of South Carolina and, uh, you know, to get in a ring and, and, and how to do the physical aspect of it. Now, when I got up to Vern and I was able to get around more seasoned people, uh, and under the tutelage of guys like Wahoo, guys like Vern, Greg, uh, Brad Ringens, uh, you know, it was it was a step beyond what I've learned at Moolahs. It, it was at that point that they were able to teach me um, the importance of selling and the importance of a, of a fiery comeback from a baby face and showing that emotion and, and learning the psychology of the business, the things that I did not learn at Moolahs. So um, it was obviously way advanced from what I had learned at Moolahs and from those guys that she had there training me, but still both were very important in, uh, you know, the building of my career. Um, now discuss the, the Trooper character uh, early on in your career. What was the inspiration for that particular character? Well, I'd like to take credit for it, and uh, but I can't. Uh, one of the guys that Lula used to work these little shows that she would work around the Midlands of South Carolina, uh, we all had full-time jobs uh, because working for Lula was hitting this, and she may run a couple of three shows a month. And uh, one of the guys that she used was a guy that was uh, a local law enforcement officer. He was a deputy sheriff for one of the neighboring counties. And uh, so when he worked those shows for Lula's, on the weekends or whenever she would have those shows, he uh, he worked as the person he was 
every day when he went to work uh, as a law enforcement officer, and he worked as the super enforcer. Well, when I got up to the AWA and, and was working for Vern, he called me and asked me if he could send some tapes up, and maybe I could take those tapes and give them to Vern and Wahoo and Greg, and, and they could take a look at them and see if maybe they had an interest in him. And, uh, of course, I agreed to do so. And uh, I gave those tapes to Wahoo and Vern and Greg, and they looked at them. And a few weeks later, uh, they came back to me and said, look, we, we have no interest in that guy. We don't really think he's cut out for this business uh, or that he has a future in this business. But we do like the character. Uh, and so we've tweaked a little bit, and uh, we think a character called the Trooper would work good for you. They just had this idea in their head that I'll look like uh, with that sort of a square jaw and, and, and uh, I guess the chiseled features of my face at that time, I look like a law enforcement officer. And I had, you know, a southern accent, so they envisioned me as this southern uh, police officer. And uh, they laid out how they wanted me to present the character, uh, going to the ring, passing out little plastic badges after I beat my opponent, writing out a ticket and leaving it on his forehead, uh, you know, wearing the cop hat, the cop belt. Uh, the handcuffs, the flashlight, and, and all those things that went with that. So uh, they came up with the idea uh, as it was presented to, them, presented to them by a guy that wanted to go to work for them. And they just took it and, and put it on me, but they tweaked it a little bit. Do you think that more, if you were given more free reign, could you have developed it and maybe put it in a different direction? Well, I think if we had more time. Yeah. Uh, we could have done that. Uh, but unfortunately, I got to the AWA when they were truly on life support. Unfortunately, uh, there was just a small window of time there with the company when I got there. Uh, they were on life support. And at one time, when territories were keen in the wrestling business, they were one of the top, if not the top territory. I mean, when you think of all the phenomenal talent that went through there that later uh, became household names, uh, uh, they were they were a, you know a, a big big time player in the wrestling business in in, in Bern. Uh, it was a big territory where a lot of superstars were developed, uh, starting with Hulk Hogan and many many others. Mm-hmm. But when I got there, that just wasn't the case. Uh, you know, Bern was uh, you know they had lost all their basically all their big time talent, and they had some good young and up and coming guys, but just weren't able to develop them the way they needed to be. Now, you were with the AWA towards their end, and you were with the WWE during a pretty prominent rise um, through the Attitude Era. Working with Vince, working with Greg, um, one's almost on the tail end and one is almost couldn't seem to be higher. Um, how did you find working with both? Well, I liked working for Vern. I had heard negative things about Vern, but I've always been the type of person that my opinion is based on the way someone treats me, not what someone tells me. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had a lot of confidence in me. Vern did and Greg did. And uh, listen, Vern was, he's an iconic figure in our business and and uh, a, a huge star and, uh, and, and a great developer of talent. Unfortunately, he couldn't compete as could None of the other territories with the machine that was the WWF at the time. Yeah. And uh, but getting to the WWF when I did, uh, 
you know, they were coming off some struggles as well. Struggles as well. They had lost a, a bunch of guys to uh, to WCW Hogan and Savage and Beefcake and and many others. And uh, so they had to uh, start developing and pushing uh, a lot of the talent like Austin and Foley and and guys like that. Um, but to be a part of it during the Attitude Era when it was really starting to to gain momentum and, and such a groundswell, uh, it was a good time to be there. And to be there uh, was good timing for me uh, to be dropped right in the middle of the uh, Hart Foundation anti-American rant uh, that Brett was on. Uh, it was perfect timing for me. It, it put me in an angle and in a program with their top guy, uh, their top heel. So timing was good for me, but again, um, timing was good only to a certain extent. Uh, it was good that I was put in the middle of that program and, and was working on top with Brett. Uh, but from a physical standpoint, my career was rapidly coming to an end because of some major, major injuries I had sustained. And, uh, again, just wasn't able to make it last long because uh, my body just gave out on me shortly after being there. But it, it didn't happen all of a sudden. You know, these injuries are something I've been dealing with for for a couple of years prior to getting to the WWF. So uh, I knew when I signed and went to work there uh, that I probably would be there for a short time because my body was rapidly, rapidly failing me. Um, throughout your career, though, was there any feud, match, or angle that you were most proud of? Well, I would say the one was Brett because it was on the biggest stage. Mm-hmm. Um I was proud of, of, of the things Bagwell and I did together in WCW, working with, I mean, some great tag teams, Harlem Heat, the Nasty Boys, uh, pretty wonderful with uh, Roma and Orndorff, uh, being able to work with tag teams like that. Uh, and I thought we had uh, some great matches with a, a series of good tag teams. Wrestlers. But obviously when you're working for the WWF, you're on the grandest stage you can be on. And I was working with their top guy. So, you know, without question, that was, uh, you know, the biggest angle of my career. Again, unfortunately, just because of my failing health, uh, it was something that we just couldn't get a lot of life out of. And it's unfortunate that couldn't have been parlayed into a longer term. But, um, you know, for the time that you were there, you made the impact, and it did stand out, and it, it was prevalent, and people were compelled by it, and it made a difference. So kudos to you on that. Well, I appreciate that, and, and, and I think... I think wrestling's always good for that, for, you know, uh, the American hero, the uh, uh, the patriotic character against that uh, evil American-hating, American-bashing guy. That's, uh, throughout history, that's always proven to be a pretty, you know, tried and true uh, angle to work uh, in wrestling. It's always, it's always worked. Um, I'll get to that. I have, it's funny, it's almost like you're looking at my notes because I had a question that I'll get to eventually, but I'll share that with you in a second. Um, the Patriot characters appeared in um, Global Wrestling Federation, AJPW, WCW, and the WWE. Did you find that there was any evolution through the years of the character? Um, if so, what was it? If not, what would you have maybe tweaked to make them different? And that the... Oh, I thought it was an evolution to the character. Uh, you start out uh, in an upstart company in Global, uh, and you're pushed uh, straight to the top as being the top babyface in the company and the babyface that they want to build the company around. But again, finances didn't 
didn't allow that to last very long. Global just didn't have the uh, financial resources to compete with the WCW and WWF at the time. Uh, but then uh, I'll correlate that into an opportunity in All Japan Pro Wrestling where, uh, again, I worked on top there with, with Hanson and, and Gordy and Williams and, and Masawa and Kawada and Kabashi. So it was a character that, that every stop along the way uh, was one of the top guys in every company that he worked for. Uh, and, you know, uh, ending up uh, with my career ending in the WWF, uh, you know, probably, like I said earlier, on the biggest stage that pro wrestling had to offer at that time because it was worldwide TV and, and working with their top guys. So uh, I think it evolved. And listen, it could have evolved even more. But again, uh, the lack of, of good health, uh, the major injuries that I sustained while working in all Japan uh, just limited my ability in the WWF to have any long-term Staying power. Uh, the body just failed me. Um, now, you, all Japan Pro Wrestling, I'm curious about that because you had a couple of stints there, did you not? I did. Okay. Um, now, yes, it's unfortunate that you've suffered injuries that really have co compounded to the your career ending um, towards the middle of the 90s. But the question being, uh, were there any similarities or differences in your tours of duty with all Japan Pro? Um, either styles, uh, lifestyle, working there, promoters? Not really. Uh, it, it was, now I can say this, while, I, while working for Vince, you were probably on the biggest stage that there was because of that worldwide TV appeal. But I can assure you this, Vince didn't do uh, any better business than Baba did. When I worked for Baba, it was phenomenal, the business that we did in Japan. It was it was unbelievable. Uh, basically sold out shows everywhere we went, uh, over 200 consecutive sellouts in the Tokyo area. Uh, it was just phenomenal working over there. But I went one time as a trooper, and I was totally unprepared for that style, that stiff, fast-paced, more snug-type uh, style with uh, just false finish after false finish after false finish during the finishes of the match. And I just wasn't prepared for that. But when I went back as the Patriot, I was more seasoned. I was uh, I had more experience under my belt, so I was able to adapt to that style better. Um, but both times I worked there, nothing changed from a style standpoint, from a match standpoint, from the way the company did business. But I did, when I went back the second time, I was elevated even to a to a higher level than I was when I was there the first time. And believe me, they pushed the they pushed the fool out of me the first time I was there. They gave me a mega push. But when I went back, I was teamed up with Kabashi and teamed up with Ace uh, on that second go-round. And, uh, you know, was able to get a, 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 a victory over Kawada. So obviously they, you know, had big things in plan for me. But, um, you know, I decided... Uh, after a while being there that second time that I wanted to go back to the States and have an opportunity to work for Vince, so I took advantage of that. Um, before your time with the WWE, though, you competed with WCW um, prior to the the Monday Night Wars um, kind of exploding, but then you were with the WWE at a time where they were going through a bit of a transition, too. Could you see any similarities or differences working with both promotions? Um, that, no we do realize that the WWE was 
is right now and was at that point kind of going through a bit of a hard time, but now it's the grandest stage. At that point, though, um, could you feel something as talent being in the promotion uh, that something was happening in WCW, like almost like an uprising or a development, or and there you had to achieve when you're in the WWE because you're in the marquee match, you're in the you're the focal point of the entire feud in the company at that time. Well, I don't think you approach it any differently as a, as a performer, as a, as a talent. Uh, you know, you're out there to do your best to be the best you can be, no matter where you're at. Uh, you know, when you're uh, in the middle of a match and, and that thing's flowing well, you know, you you don't think about it. am I main event or am I mid-card. You just realize that you're out there to do a job and to do it the best of your ability. But when I was in WCW, uh, there was a major change happening in the company because they brought in Hogan, they brought in Savage, they brought in Beefcake, they brought in Honky Tonk Man. So they were bringing in all this talent that they had taken from Vince so it was obvious that the company was heading in a uh, you know a, a different direction, uh, that it was appealing to a more worldwide crowd than a regional crowd. Uh, but while that may have been good for the company, it wasn't good for those of us that were already there before those guys came in from the WWF. Because at that point in time, we were you know we were put on the back burner. So while it was good for the company, it probably wasn't good for the talent that was there before all these guys came in. Hmm. Um, you had mentioned about patriotism and how it's always something that has appealed to audiences. I'm going to be honest, I was on the other side of that spectrum because I'm Canadian. So, you know, to see Brett booed for just being himself was kind of, you know, fans from this country were looking at it and kind of scratching their head. But I'm like, well, unless he's doing something in effigy and I, we get it, but, you know, he's the conquering hero here. So the question that, my, that I kind of posed to you was, Patriotism has always seemed to be used to describe, um, because it's it's relatable to audiences today, and always has been. But do you think it's um, how it's booked in today's wrestling? Wrestling is crucial, crucial, and would you change anything at all? Well, I'm going to be honest with you. How it's booked in today's wrestling, I'm not really sure of. I don't. Well, I respect the men and women that are in the business today. Uh, I know what they have to go through to get there. I know the hard work, the sacrifices, uh, the long hours of travel, training, being away from your family, uh, everything that it requires to be a superstar in that business. I'm just not a big fan of the product. Hmm. I don't watch an awful lot of the product uh, today. Uh, matter of fact, I watch very little of it. Um, it's just totally different from when I was in the business, and I don't want to sound like some old fogey, but... It's just, and I hear that from a lot of people that are that weren't in the business, that are fans that enjoy watching the shows. That it's changed, and, and not always to their liking. Uh, but I do think that that has always proven that patriotic character uh, against the guy that is on that rant against America and everything American. Uh, I think there's always a place for that, and can be booked and can be used in a in a proper way. Let me, uh, if you don't mind, I'm going to have to take maybe about five, six, seven minutes and then call you back. Not a problem. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, buddy. Bye. Now, after departing the WWE in 1998, things for you personally began to change. Was there one thing that led to these changes? And was a return to wrestling ever an opportunity in one way, shape, or form? 
when I left, I, I, I hate to say it, but I was ready for it to end. I had gone about two years of dealing with some, I mean, very serious injuries, injuries that limited me as to what I could do in the ring, limited me in my ability to work out and train. I, uh, my body had started changing. I had started losing a lot of the mass that I had and, mm-hmm. and, and the bulk that I had just because I couldn't train. And uh, it had gotten to be really, really not fun, dealing with a knee that was completely blown out, that since had to be replaced twice, uh, a torn tricep tendon, uh, basically hardly any use of my right arm. And, uh, and, and my attempt to continue to work, uh, you're relying heavily on prescription pain medication. And so, you know, you've got to take pills to work out. You've got to take pills to work. You've got to take pills to sleep. Uh, and it just had become a vicious cycle where it just really wasn't fun no. anymore. And uh, it was eventually ended when my orthopedic surgeon and I uh, had a conference call with Vince and JR. And, uh, you know, it was decided for the betterment of my health. Uh, I just needed to take time off, have the surgeries that I needed to have. And Vince told me, he said, Bell, he said, you've got to get healthy. Take the time you need to have the surgeries. Take the time you need to rehab and to get healthy. And then you can come back. And I'll use you full-time if you want to work full-time. I'll use you on a limited basis. Uh, whatever works best for you. You know, I'll be willing to work with you and uh, to accommodate you. But even after the surgeries, I was in no shape to go back because that is that pain pill usage uh, and reliance on them had gotten even bigger and gotten even more out of control. So even though I may have been physically a little bit better than I was when I had to step away, my life was just in turmoil at that point. And... Uh, so I was in no condition to go back, and uh, and it stayed that way for several years, uh, just completely out of control with the drug abuse uh, and the drug dependency. So, well, it was an option. Uh, when I first left WWF, uh, it turned out to be no option at all just because of, of the way my life was. Um, and that's... And that was unfortunate. Uh, I didn't know, though, if there was any other opportunities that came up, even if there wasn't a return to the ring, either as a as an agent, as a trainer, some way to have still been involved um, if that opportunity ever had presented itself. But um, no, it, it, it didn't. When, when I when I had to step away, I, I mean, I completely detached from the business. It's like you know, cutting that uh, uh, that caboose loose from the rest of the train. I just unhooked it and, and moved on, mm-hmm. but not in a good way. You know, my life was just spiraling out of control and uh, just rapidly going downhill due to the drug abuse. And uh, so, no, there was never any other opportunity that presented itself. And had it, and had it, I wouldn't have been able to take advantage of it. Not at that time. Um, now, wrestling fans have come to appreciate and respect your openness um, and recovery about the addictions and what and what has come about during and after wrestling. Um, but do you think younger wrestlers have learned um, from the mistakes, as it was once put, the mistakes of the past generations and those things that tend to come about? Do you see a change, even from from a distance right now, or the concerns just as equally there? 
not in the locker room. Nope. I'm not on the road. So I don't have access to what really goes on. But from everything I see, everything I hear, uh, with the wellness program that the WWE has implemented, uh, I think it has changed. Uh, for one thing, the boys aren't out on the road at such a brutal schedule as they used to be. Um, and, and the travel schedule's not near as it used to be. So I think that's helped. And uh, I think awareness, education, uh, the wellness program, testing, things of that nature. And I would like to think that them learning from the mistakes of, of others. Uh, you know, I was fortunate, even though I went through what I went through, at least I came out of it alive. Uh, there were dozens upon dozens upon dozens of others that didn't come out of it with their lives. They lost their life due to the lifestyle and due to those battles and those demons. Uh, so hopefully they have learned from it. And through education and through the wellness program and, and just some common sense, I, I think things are better. Um, but as we stand here in August 2015, um, what does the balance of 2015 and beyond have in store for the new Dell Wilkes? Well, it's it's reintroduced me to the wrestling business. Uh, as I say, I had totally walked away from it uh, when I uh, got my life back together and, and walked out of a South Carolina prison on Valentine's Day 2003. I've not been that old guy since. I, you know, I've, I've had a completely different life. I've, I've been clean, and um, so my life's been good. Uh, but it wasn't until a couple of years ago that I actually uh, reached out, or maybe the wrestling business reached out to me. And with the opportunity to, to start making some personal appearances, uh, to get more involved in the business in that capacity, uh, to, um, to take part in a, in a documentary on my life, my career, uh, that's opened up doors for me to, to you know, make more personal appearances, get it back out there in front of the fans. So, um, and I see that continuing to even get better. Uh, this is a great business. It was a business that I worked so hard to become a part of. Uh, I worked so hard to develop every character, whether it was a trooper or the patriot, and actually sacrifice good health for this business. I struggle today physically getting around and, and dealing with the injuries that I've had to deal with and the surgeries that I've had to deal with. Uh, you know, for the business, uh, but it's a good business and it's a unique business and it's a fun business uh, and it's a business that I love. So I'm glad that I'm a part of it again uh, in the capacity that I am. Was there anything that you would like to share, inform, or promote um, as it relates to Del Wilkes, the Patriot, um, as it relates to wrestling, as it relates to life from your heart? things. Uh, first of all, I want to give a heartfelt thanks to wrestling fans everywhere. Uh, they're the ones that have made my career and the career of anyone uh, that's working this business possible because without them wanting to see wrestling, there would be no wrestling. And without them taking their hard-earned money to buy tickets and uh, to watch pay-per-views, there would not be any of us. So I'm very thankful to them. They're very loyal people. I get to see them today. Uh, when I do personal appearances, and it's amazing how much they remember uh, about our careers and certain matches and certain cities and certain pay-per-views and certain angles. So they're very loyal people, and uh, I do appreciate them from the bottom of my heart. And uh, I would like to uh, 
make them aware that next month we're going to be releasing uh, the documentary on, on my life, my career, uh, Behind the Mask, Bell the Patriot Wilkes. Uh, you'll be able to go to my website, Bell the Patriot Wilkes, and, and, and purchase DVD. Uh, we're also uh, making personal appearances, so you'll be able to see us at any of those. So we're going to be back out there, be back out on the road more, and uh, be more accessible to the fans. And just looking forward to being around them and uh, having an opportunity to spend time with them. Um, is, is there any social media or other platforms that you the fans can follow you on? Uh, certainly. Uh, Facebook uh, is Bell the Patriot Wilts. Uh, and then there's just Bell Wilts. Also on Twitter, at Bell Wilts. And then, of course, uh, we just recently established a website and set it up. And uh, we're still in the process of putting some finishing touches on it where they will be able to go and purchase the DVD, uh, the documentary, Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Pro Wrestling Post podcast with Mark Madison. We'll be back very soon with another great interview. You can always check our website, www.prowrestlingpost.com, for more content. Thank you and see you next time.